0: Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. My friends, the British theologian C.S. Lewis once said that we commit two errors regarding the devil. First, on the one hand, we disbelieve in the existence of the devil. And second, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have an unhealthy and excessive interest in him. Now, what Lewis is trying to point out is that both of these extremes are unhealthy and, frankly, dangerous. Because the devil, yes, the devil, he loves both a materialist and also a magician. You see, if a whole society believes that the devil does not exist, well, the devil is given free reign. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to, and he will never be on anybody's radar. Oh, how the devil loves the materialist. And if a whole society has an excessive and unhealthy interest in the demonic, well, the devil delights in this too. The reason being, those who play with darkness are fools. They are fools because they often treat the devil as if he is some timid little angel that needs attention, kind of like a sad, lost puppy dog. And so, dear friends, the devil does indeed exist, and he is not a pushover. But instead, he is an enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So considering all of this, how might we understand the devil and his evil cohorts, his demonic fallen angels? Well, number one, we know that the devil exists. Number two, he is not small potatoes. And number three, he plays dress up. Yes, you heard that correctly. The devil, he plays dress up. The devil, he is actually a cross dresser because he dresses up as a beautiful angel of light, even though he is darkness. He makes evil look good and good look evil. He covers naked evil in attractive garments while tossing mud and filth at goodness and he does so with trickery and slyness and covertness. Indeed, the devil is extremely sly. With that said, we see the devil at work in our reading from the Gospel of Matthew this morning, and as already briefly hinted at, you and I you and I, have this tendency to think about the devil as labeling himself as spicy and dangerous while wearing a red cape. However, the devil does not approach Jesus with blatant fire and bloodshed and anarchy and chaos. But instead, we read this morning that the devil comes to Jesus with subtle doubt. Yes, with subtle doubt. You see, you and I must realize that right before the reading in today's Gospel of Matthew chapter 4, right before in chapter 3, God the Father said this of Christ. He said this, This is my beloved Son, In whom I am well pleased. And then, just three short verses later, the devil, he comes along and he asks Jesus this question. You know, if you are the Son of God, you see how that works? The devil, he does not tell Jesus that he is not the Son of God, but he challenges Jesus to prove it. If you are the Son of God, prove it. Baptized saints, when the devil attacks you, it typically comes in the form of doubt and questions and uncertainties. The devil does not go and outright deny the claim of God's word, but he tries to erode the assurance that you have. He attempts to ever so slightly instill doubt in the truth of God's word and the reality of Christ. For example, the devil, he whispers into your mind something such as this. You know, the pastor said you were forgiven of your sins in absolution, but are you really forgiven? After all, Jesus didn't say those words, did he? It was just a man dressed up in a robe, and we all know that a mere man cannot forgive sins. Are you indeed really forgiven? Or perhaps the devil whispers this to you. You know, is Jesus truly present in, with, and under that bread and that wine for your forgiveness? Maybe, yeah, you know, perhaps maybe you better get to work and try to show yourself, to show yourself as forgiven, to do it yourself, to present yourself in a way and a fashion that makes you worthy of that altar. Or the devil may say this, you know, church is for sinners But maybe your sin is too bad for the church. Maybe it is too bad for the pastor to actually absolve. Maybe you better not go to church after all. Your sin is too dark and out of the reach of Christ. Just maybe. Dear friends, please keep in mind that the devil not only attacks the assurance that you are given in Christ, instilling doubt, but he also goes to work on sin as well. Get this, he he whispers into your ears something such as this. You know, in church, the pastor says something about sexual ethics, but isn't the church a bit old-fashioned and behind the times? It is the 21st century, after all. Or the devil goes to work on those Ten Commandments, saying this. Well, those Ten Commandments clearly say that murder is wrong. However, isn't there more than just one dogmatic way of interpreting the Bible, maybe murder is okay in certain contexts. To the point, the devil, my friends, he desires for you to doubt. To doubt God's law, So that you are enticed into the darkness of sin. Then the devil himself, he also desires to strip you of assurance through instilling doubt in those promises of God. Bluntly stated, a church, and mark this, a church that doubts sin and a church that doubts assurance has no joy, no real joy at all, but is subtly seduced into the darkness of the devil. Now, if the devil doesn't use doubt, well, he has other tricks up his sleeve tactics to work against you, such as twisting and distorting the Scriptures, the Word of God. Now, dear friends, please do not be deceived, yes, do not be deceived by believing that the Scriptures are somehow off-limits to the devil. Do not be so naive to believe that the devil is scared of using the Bible. In our reading from the Gospel of Matthew, we actually hear the devil himself quoting the Bible to Jesus according to his own purpose. In other words, the devil certainly quoted the Bible to Jesus, but he did so by omitting a significant portion of it. Again, this is how the devil works. He masquerades as an angel of light. He takes God's word, which is good, and he twists it according to his purpose. This is the reason why So many heretics and religious peddlers and spiritual fanatics manage to have television shows and ministries and followings. The devil is actually cheering them on in their corner. The devil, he just loves false teaching. He loves false teachers who twist God's word. He cheers them on because they are taking a play out of his playbook. So, all of this leads us to a big question this morning. If the devil is sly and tricky and subtle and deceitful, what chance do you and I have against him? The answer? You have none. You have no chance against the devil. Yes, you heard that correct. by yourself. You do not stand a chance against the devil. But that is where we must pause and understand this this morning. You are not alone. You are not alone. You see, in the baptismal rite, it states that you were conceived and born sinful and under the power of the devil, which is completely true. Which is absolutely completely true. But that is until Christ comes and claims you as his own. You see, in your baptism, there was a hostile, yes, a hostile takeover where Christ comes and actually snatches you, plucks you out of the kingdom of darkness, and he exercised the devil from you and made room for the Holy Spirit in your baptisms. And then he marks you with the sign of the cross on your head and your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ Jesus our Lord. When you were baptized, you were branded with the name of our triune God so that the devil and his filthy, pathetic minions would know who you belong to. You belong to Christ. You are not alone. You are baptized into Jesus. Plucked from darkness into light. And there's more. The Lord God gave you his word, his promises to not only help you know and confess your sin as we boldly do each and every Sunday, but to also know and to receive that forgiveness and life and salvation. He gives you his word so that you can have certainty and assurance and also to have his word as a weapon against demonic tyranny. Consider our gospel reading once again. When attacked by the devil, Jesus, he did not function like a materialist, closing his eyes and plugging his ears and pretending that the devil did not exist. Jesus, he also did not show an excessive, unhealthy interest in the devil by arguing or debating with him as if to validate the devil. And get this, Jesus, he also did not pray. But instead, he spoke to Satan by quoting Scripture. Jesus said, it is written. So what this means is that we should do the same, dear friends. We should do the same when confronted by the evil foe. You see, the word captivates us and is our weapon against demonic deception. This is why the Bible constantly calls you and me not to remain like prolonged infants, small babies who are an easy mark for the devil. Baptized saints, God wants you and me to continually grow up, not by becoming independent, but by becoming dependent upon the truth of his word for us. The Lord God, he wants us to stop being spiritually naive, gullible, irresponsible children who are easily tossed back and forth from all the false doctrines and trickery and deceit of the devil. The Lord, he wants you to have his word, to be captive by his word so that you are not dazzled away by fancy false rhetoric from the evil one. The Lord does not want you to be dragged off into endless arguments or entangled in empty traditions inspired by darkness. He does not want you to be taken captive to the empty superstitions and manipulations of the devil himself. And so he calls you, he calls you and me, to live our lives by being rooted in Christ and his word, which is for you. Yes, we are called To be built up in his word. We are called to be built up and established, not in our own reason or power or strength, but in Christ and his word, which is for us, which is poured into our ears. To be specific and extremely practical, this happens namely when you come to Christ's church here at St. Paul's and when you come often. It happens as you come to St. Paul's, not to somehow give your best to God, but to receive God's best for you in his word and sacraments, gifts that are given for you. You see, baptized saints, please do not overlook this point. As you come to Christ's church, you are given the word so that the Holy Spirit may increase in you your saving knowledge of Jesus. You come to this place and you sit in these pews to hear God's word and hear it often so that you may be strengthened in the divine truth and remain steadfast. You come to hear God's word so that you may fight the good fight and overcome the temptations of the evil one. You come here to hear God's words so that you may have assurance to boldly say this to the evil foe. Depart from me, O oh devil. Go to hell, you devil, with your doubt and deceit. I am baptized into Christ. In the stead and by the command of Jesus, my pastor absolve me and I am truly forgiven. Take that to the bank, evil one. Hear this, O devil, I have also feasted upon Christ's holy body and blood. Jesus is in my belly, therefore I have forgiveness and life and salvation in me and for me. O devil, I do not live by doubt and I will not be swayed, for I am captive and I live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. His word is true, you are not begone, you pathetic evil foe. Depart, be gone for Christ has spoken and I have heard and I listen to my Savior's voice which is truth. In the name of Jesus. Thy strong word speaks us righteousness Bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richards' blog at www.pastormatrichard.org, or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The, the Lord, Lord bless and keep you. you.